Hello, welcome to the Trading Business School podcast, the podcast that helps you grow your trades and general contracts business more profitably, more purposefully, so it can work with that. My name is Barry with Magazine. I'm your host along with Miranda Hill. How are you doing today? Fantastic. So great to be here. Today we're chatting about organizational charts. This is part of our mini-series based on my book, The Path to Freedom. Uh, if you haven't already watched the previous episodes around vision, mission, values, and goals, absolutely make sure you do that first. Otherwise, this won't make as much sense. Today, we want to dive into organizational charts and essentially talk about the common problems of wearing all the hats in your business, uh, realizing that you're never too small to have an organizational chart, even if you are a one-man band, Uh, the realization that your organizational chart is your map for the future, Uh, how to bring your vision and mission to life and how the organizational chart plays into that, Uh, hiring the wrong people. Uh, and also the difference between accountability and responsibility. Miranda, what do you see as some of the major problems for uh, trades and contracted business owners that don't have an organizational chart or accountability chart in place? Great question. Where do I start? So often I will notice that uh, trades will come in and they'll they'll feel like they're running every department. They're wearing all, all the hats in the business working very long hours, doing a bit of everything. Um, essentially, they are the CEO with the finger in the pie, you know, every pie in the in the business, um, which really what that does is creates a lot of um, critical points of failure potentially. Uh, there is more risk for error. Um, there's also too often what I notice is it impacts the culture of the business because no one's fully clear on who does what. Everyone's doing a little bit of everything. No one is fully accountable or responsible or no one really is clear on who is accountable or responsible. Um, inefficiencies, um, poor productivity. So there's, there's many different things. And often what I get asked, Barry, is the question, oh, who do I hire next? Or I'm thinking of putting on this person that's going to do all of these things that no one's yet doing. So they kind of put together this hybrid role of the leftover bits that need mopping up in the business. Yeah, I, I guess if you don't know what an organisational chart is or an accountability chart, essentially it's a, a map of the people in your business uh, and what roles they're responsible for. So the typical organisational chart is quite hierarchical, meaning that you've got the business owner at the top, uh, then it kind of comes down, you might have general manager, then it branches off to say your department heads, maybe head of marketing, sales. You'd always do a Google search to see what one's like uh, and roles underneath. Essentially what it is, is it's an accountability, a responsibility, decision-making tree that shows everybody in your organization who they're accountable to, right? Now, what what the beauty of this is, is that you at the top as a CEO, uh, maybe only has one person reporting to you, say the general manager. They might have four to five people reporting to them, being the head of departments, marketing, sales, finance, fulfillment. And then each of those department heads has several people reporting to them as well. And so it spreads the load across the whole organization so that there's no single point of failure. Now, this was the single point of failure in my early trades business when it was me and 15-odd employees and a bunch of subcontractors because everybody came to me. I didn't have department heads set up. 
I didn't have uh, accountabilities, responsibilities, decision-making rights set up so that every tiny decision or big decision always landed on my desk, always rang on my phone, and it's tiring. So we mentioned before that it doesn't matter whether you're a one-man band or a 100, 100 strong in your team. It's important to put an organizational chart in play because it helps you to start to understand what are the key roles that you require in your company to achieve your vision, mission, and goals. Mm. Now, even though initially it might be your head or your name that's on every single role, as you start to scale and grow, as Miranda mentioned before, it starts to give you a clear indication of who you need to hire, right? Who's the most, what's the most vital role you need to hire? This, along with a, a process we have called the task order, helps you identify what is the most productive and profitable role to hire for. And although right now your name might be in all those roles, in six months, in 12 months, in three years, you'll no doubt have a whole team where each and every single role in an organizational chart is taken up by somebody different. But you can't get there if you don't first create the plan. It's the structure of your business. And what you touched on just a moment ago, Barry, um, talking about it's, it's your, your, how you're going to achieve your vision and your mission. So the very nature of a vision and a mission and the goals that you set after that we talked about in the previous episode are that they are set in the future and they don't yet exist. So therefore, what we would, and I, I, I talk about this a lot, is start thinking about your organisational chart as the map of uh, the future. And we will often recommend to draw up your organisational chart for 12 months in the future at a minimum. Now, you can, it's not hard and fast, but it's a great set, a great place to start is for me to achieve my, my 12-month goal or where I'd like to be in 12 months, what must the structure be of my business? What roles do I need? What positions do I need to uh, achieve that goal? And, and as Barry said, your name may be in many of those roles at the moment, and you may have some that have no names in them at the moment. Yet that is the path and the map to clarity in terms of uh, who you need to hire next so that you do get the right people in the right roles. One of the the other amazing the amazing benefits. So we're talking about you know, why why this matters. Um, we often talk about we often talk about why things matter. It's really important to start with um, thinking through why we'd want to sit down and draw a bunch of boxes and put all these things together. Not always the most interesting thing to do. However, one of the one of the great parts of having a an org chart is that it will help you to turn those conversations that are often deemed as difficult, those feedback conversations. Um, to into very, very easy conversations. What do I mean by that? <clears throat> if you've got someone with a particular position with accountabilities in your business and they are not performing in alignment with those, then that becomes a very easy conversation to sit down and go, hey, Barry, you know, you're accountable for delivering, um, you know, uh, you know, 10 sales this week. That was part of your, your role in the business. And I've noticed that you've consistently doing about seven, seven, you know, what's going on? What's going on in your world at the moment? What, you know, what's impacting that? And it becomes a very um, constructive conversation. It's the family tree of your organisation. Um, Gina Wickman, the author of Traction um, and the EIS model, I really like their take on this. They don't call it the organisational chart. They've made it slightly different. They call it the accountability chart. 
Mm. And so they have their roles, but under each role, they list three to five KPIs. And so rather than, the, than this family tree on the, on the wall in your office where it's got people's names, it's actually a living, breathing document because you can clearly see which role has what accountabilities and decision-making rights within the organisation. You know, typically the, the, the start of that tree would look like you have the, the visionary, uh, that might be me in this case, you then have the integrator whose role is taking the big picture vision and ideas uh, and making it into a plan that can execute the team. The integrator's role is to oversee um, the, the main department heads, namely marketing, sales, fulfillment, uh, HR and finance. Uh, the integrator's role is to uh, make decisions logically and to execute the business plan. But then you have those department heads that I mentioned, and their role is to lead, lead and manage their team and the accountability of their team. So the marketing managers is to lead and manage the marketing team and the accountability of the marketing results, the sales for sales and so forth. So it's just a very, very easy way to start to create some good structure and organization within your business. Uh, very much you'll see that I, I talk about in the book how this leads up into vision and mission and how they are, are all intrinsically connected, but this also leads on to the rest of this mini-series and the rest of the books where we then go into position descriptions, KPIs, we then go on to systems, and then finally end up with automation. Right? All these pieces slot together that allow you to have a profitable trades and general contracting business that can work without you because you have this stuff in place. Yeah, key steps. Um, there's probably not a huge amount more to add other than this is actually a really important step. Don't skip over it. Don't skip to, well, I need to hire someone now. I'm going to go straight to the position descriptions chapter. Do this first because you will save yourself time um, and effort and other things in the future. It's It's will give you the clarity you need. You know, I had, I had someone say to me the other day, I'm, I'm going to hire this person and they're going to they're going to do all of these things. And the moment he took a moment, stopped and did and drew up his organisational chart, everything changed. And he goes, I've had so many realisations about my business, about the people. It, it, it just created ripples through how he viewed his business from this one step. So don't underestimate it. Stick, put pen to paper, draw your org chart, put yourself 12 months in the future um, and start putting together that chart. And if uh, if you didn't quite pick up on the difference between accountability and an org chart, then just rewind the episode a little bit because I thoroughly recommend um, understanding the difference between what an accountability chart is and an organisational chart it is a really powerful distinction and it is one worth listening to again if you if you sort of ah, I didn't quite get that. Um, so if you're interested in finding out any more, we go through this and Barry goes through in a lot of detail in um, his book, Path to Freedom, which you can get a copy of if you jump into the Tradies and General Contractors Global free Facebook group. There's all sorts of free stuff in there. You can get a free copy via PDF from inside that group, or you can just jump on Amazon and get your own hard copy sent to you, which is always a great thing. My one personally has a whole lot of post-it notes hanging out of it all of the time. So, <laughs> um, so there we go. Any parting words, Barry? No, that's it. Uh, jump into the free Facebook group. If you do want a hand to grow your business faster, more profitably, with a lot less stress, 
uh, please reach out to one of the team at Trading Business School. We'll have a chat, see if we can help you out. If not, we'll be able to give you some free resources anyway to help you to, to move to the next level in your business. But uh, thanks for joining in. If you enjoyed this episode, click the like, share it amongst your trading friends, and we look forward to seeing the next one. Yeah, thanks, everyone. See you again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you.